0: Welcome to Sunday Morning Live Fellowship. You are listening to our live Sunday morning service. Now turn with me please to Isaiah chapter 7, verses 5 and 7. While you're finding these scripture passages, let me ask you this. Have you ever been in a situation where there seems to be no way out. People love to give their best advice and and some of the advice and I give this advice as well is they'll say choose your battles. Choose your battles. Don't fight everything which is really good advice. You have to decide like is it really worth it? Waging a war over? Is it really worth it? So they tell you, choose your battles. Go ahead and let the kids play the music too loud every now and then. Choose your battles. Don't get tripped up over trivial things. Choose your battles. Is it wise to choose? It is wise. It is wise to choose your battles when you can. But like the preacher Stephen Fernick. said, I almost said my friend. He don't even know me, but I watch him so much, I feel like he's my friend. (laughs) The preacher Stephen Furnick says, what do you do when your battle chooses you? What do you do when something shows up at your doorstep and it's not Amazon Prime and you didn't even order it? What do you do when the devil drops something off for you to deal with that you did not directly cause, choose, or definitely didn't see coming. This is what happened to King Ahaz in our text today in Isaiah 7. And I believe it happens to us sometime as well, beloved. We will be faced with battles in our lives. Sometimes the battle is against a co-worker a boss, a relative, or even a stranger. But whatever the case, God wants to be our guiding principle in every battle. He wants us to trust Him and follow His direction. We have guiding principles from God before us while we are facing these battles that we did not anticipate. Otherwise, if we didn't, we would fight battles that we should not fight or we will depend upon our own cleverness rather than depending on God. Beloved, our guiding principles must Be biblical. And we must develop a heart to seek God's will first. Let's turn to our scripture passage. Isaiah chapter 7 verses 5 and 7. Because Syria, Ephraim, and the son of Remilia had plotted evil against you saying, verse 6, Let us go up against Judah and trouble it, and let us make a gap in its wall for ourselves, and set a king over them, the son of Tabel. Verse 7 Thus says the Lord, it shall not stand, nor shall it come to pass. Heavenly Father, we come before your throne. Oh, this happened what we're reading in our text so long ago. (laughs) But your throne, your plan, your purpose, your promises are eternal. They were in place before You laid the foundation of the world and caused us to see that your eternal decree still stands and shall come to pass. Oh, we've not seen it develop or evolve in our own lives, but it's already done because there is no timetable around your throne. Oh God, what was promised already is mm, you are in an eternal state of rest and therefore we rest in you even when trouble comes. We rest in you in the midst of the battle. We do not depend upon our own cleverness, oh God, of how to win the battle, how to struggle in the battle. But, oh God, we let go of it and we depend upon you. Oh God, we lay our weapons down. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are not after the flesh. They are not after our own cleverness. But, oh God, we wait on you. Oh, God, we pray for those names that we called out on our sick list. Father, we're thanking you for the miracle of the blood pressure being lo- lowered. We pray, oh God, that you would bind up the hearts, oh God, in the family of that 13 year old. We pray for all of those that have lost loved ones and we're thanking you, oh God, for those that were on our prayer list that you brought through. what we That was impossible and we could not have gotten through on our own. We thank you for our community. We thank you for our fellowship. We thank you for your presence with us. And now, God, in the name of Jesus, touch your servant. Oh God. On our own is nothing. Let it be all of you. And none of me. Father we take no credit even. For anything being shared. Let your spirit have full fruit. And word. Oh God. Give us an anointing. A fresh <laughs> Word is what we need to get through what we've got to go through. We thank you for the miracle of victory in every battle. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 7. B. It shall not stand, nor shall it come to pass. And that's what we want to use for a title this morning. It shall not stand, neither shall it come to pass. And that is the threat that the enemy had against King Ahaz and the people of God in our story today. And just FYI, King Ahaz was one of the worst kings that ever ruled and I don't know what you've got going on in your life or what you've been threatened with or who's lied on you or stabbed you in the back or misrepresented you. We come to tell you this morning that it shall not stand and it shall not come to pass. Have you ever been in a situation where there seems to be no way out. That's the way the Judean king Ahaz must have felt. To his north was the kingdom of Israel or Ephraim, and to the north and east was the kingdom of Syria. And these two kingdoms decided to form an alliance to defeat The worst enemy, Assyria, the most powerful enemy in the world at that time. They wanted all the little nearby kingdoms to join in this alliance with them to defeat Assyria. So they approached King Ahaz and invaded the territory of Judah where Ahaz reigned and said, either we are going to draw you out into our alliance and we are going to remove you from the throne and put our own king, puppet king, up, or we are going to invade your territory and destroy you. Now, with a conflict like that, that King Ahaz saw himself caught in the middle of, he did what so many other people do. He took things into his own hands and decided that he would form an alliance with Assyria, that he would approach Assyria and pit Assyria against his enemies. But in the midst of, Of King Ahaz taking things into his own hands and assessing his own strength about what he could do, the prophet Isaiah came to him. And Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah brought King Ahaz a word of hope from the Lord. Now, Isaiah was not denying the problems that Ahaz was going through because they were many. They were serious. And that's why even Isaiah says, I know that the son of Tabel is against you and wants to take over your throne. But Isaiah says to Ahaz, Don't be afraid. Don't be faint-hearted. And God gives us those same words today when we are faced with a battle, with a hostile battle that we did not plan. When enemies are raging war against us, we must say again, it shall not stand and neither shall it come to pass None of us are facing an enemy like Ahaz was facing, but oh, we're facing some enemies. It might even be a family member. It might be a church member. It might be too much debt. It might be illness. We are facing enemies still today, and the word of prophecy is relevant to you today. Isaiah told Ahaz, don't be afraid. Don't lose hope. Be careful. Your enemies will be stopped because this promise is larger than what you are going through. In order to understand this promise that Ahaz received at this time, we need to take a look at the person that was trying to take over Ahaz's throne, which makes the threat even that much more curious. Who was Pekah, the king of Israel, who was Ramilia? who was Rezim, who was uh, Tabel that wanted to take over the throne. That's really the point in this threat. Ahaz came from a long line of genealogy, messianic and divinic. But these other names that I have named, they put themselves on the throne. One because he called a military coup. The other was not in any line of the divinic uh, genealogy. But we find who Ahaz was. And beloved, don't ever forget who you are. You are being threatened by the enemy, but you are a royal priesthood. You are a child of God and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Ahaz, even though he was an evil king, the most evil king that that reigned, he was in the genealogy. He was the son of Jopham, who reigned over Judah for 16 years. Ahaz was the grandson of of Uzziah, who had reigned for 52 years before that. And we are reminded for this great reason the historical continuity that A has belonged to the dynasty of David, the king to whom the promised Messiah would come. I don't care what the enemy is saying to you, or if the enemy is trying to remove and test. All of your confidence. You are a child of the king. And no one can take that from you on any uncertain terms. Why? God told David that your kingdom, your house shall be established forever. Your throne will be established forever. In short, God promised That the plans of Ahaz's enemies would not stand and shall not come to pass. God had already promised the throne to the lineage of David and that it would endure. God thus called Ahaz not to be afraid, not to be faint hearted, because the promises of God would stand and the line of Judah would continue. I know I'm right in Matthew 1 and 9. We find this evil king in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Uzziah, the father of Joseph. Jotham, the father of Ahaz. Ahaz, the father of Hezekiah. Yes, Judah is being attacked. Yes, there is danger that the line of David would be threatened and wiped out. But the promise of God is all the sign that you will ever need. When the promised seed of David finally did appear once and for all. But King Ahaz, he refused to ask God for a sign. So Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah 7 and 14, therefore, as we go back to our text, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Woo! The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Well, what about us? Hasn't God made promises to us too? Promises that have come through the mouths of the same prophet. In fact, that very same Prophecy that God gave Ahaz in verse 14. That same prophecy is all the sign that we will ever need when we are faced with impossible circumstances that God will do the impossible. A virgin shall conceive and bear a son and call his name Emmanuel. In other words, god can do the impossible and emmanuel therefore we shall not fear we shall not be faint-hearted and emmanuel means god with us in the person of jesus christ god is the god who keeps his promise the mighty son of david has come to rule and reign over the earth to conquer all of our enemies to cast down the powers of sin and death but how was the birth of jesus christ assigned to ahaz after all the event was seven 700 years in the future before jesus was born Ahaz, he never heard angels sing. Ahaz, he did not see what the wise men and the shepherds saw. How could Ahaz draw strength and encouragement from the miracle of the incarnation? Well, I'm glad you ask because that is precisely the point. Remember, Ahaz didn't want a sign from God. Oh, he needed a miracle. And he had battles going on all around him, but he was not willing to trust God to solve his problem. Instead, as we find out from 2 Kings, Ahaz was making his own plans. Ahaz Threw in his trust with the enemy, the Assyrians. Ahaz gave the Assyrians tribute money. Ahaz bribed the Assyrians to go after Israel and Syria. We call this triangulation. When you pit one enemy against another enemy, Thinking that the greater enemy is going to protect you. But when Ahaz paid a visit to the Assyrians, Ahaz began to assimilate what the Assyrians were doing rather than trusting in God. Ahab, like we do today, began to copy what the world was doing. Ahaz brought the world into the church. He set up a temple in Jerusalem that was like the enemy's pagan worship. Ahaz went so far to mimic what the world was doing that Ahaz even practiced child sacrifice. He sacrificed his own children to the foreign god Molech. Instead of looking to God to solve his problems and his situations, he looked to the world to solve his problems. He relied on his own cleverness instead of trusting in the promise that one day a child would be born that would be with us and that God would be enough to rule over whatever their enemy would be, uh, that God would be enough to solve all of our problems. Mm. Is that what we do today? Do we trust in the advice? of this world? Do we follow after the pattern of this world? Do we rationalize the word of God in order to make it make sense to us? Are we missing the sign of a baby born of a virgin the way that Ahaz did? Ahaz's disobedience, oh my God, he was disobedient. He ignored the sign. He relied upon this world, but it did not stop the promises of God. Yes, Ahaz missed out on the blessing in his own life, but disobedience will not stop God's plan. Uh, disobedience will not stop the promises of God. Don't get tripped up by what's going on in your situation right now. God's promises will stand. The designs of the enemy shall not stand. In spite of Ahaz's disobedience, the throne of David still stands today. Uh, Our disobedience cannot stop. The promises of God's kingdom coming to pass. Stop worrying about what's going on in your situation. Stop worrying about what's going on in your community. Stop worrying about what's going on on your job. The promises of God will reign. The kingdom of God Will win? How do I know? Because the baby was born 700 years later of a virgin and it was the very son of God and he defeated all of our enemies and we now reign with eternal life. Isaiah picked it up in chapter 9 and 6. For a child will be born to us. This was the sign. A child will be born to us. A son will be given to us. And the government will be upon his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, prince of peace. And now 730 years later, uh, Joseph uh, was going through one of the greatest tri- trials of his life. Mary, his fiancee, was found to be with child uh, and Joseph's world was turned on uh, upside down and in the moment uh, nothing was making sense uh, but Matthew picked it up in Saint Matthew chapter 1 and verse 20 uh, and said but after he considered these things uh, he being Joseph uh, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared to him uh, in a dream saying Joseph Son of David. Don't be afraid to take Mary, your wife. Yes, the throne of David is still standing. Joseph, son of David. The enemies tried to destroy the throne 700 years prior, but it did not come to pass. Joseph, Son of David, uh, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife because what has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Verse 21, she will, this is the virgin, this is the prophecy being fulfilled, she will give birth to a son and you will call his name Emmanuel, God with us. This is the prophecy being fulfilled because he will save his people from their sins. Now, all this took place to fulfill the prophecy, which is translated, God with us. Judah saw the prophecy. Judah saw it come to play. But from the enemy standpoint, you've got enemies in your life today. But it's not the most powerful army back in those times named Assyria, the Assyrians. It's not the enemy when the prophecy was given to Joseph, the Romans. Our greatest enemy was sin. Sin is what separates us from God, both now and forever. And the gospel good news is that Jesus Christ has fought and won the battle of our greatest struggle. And that is the battle of sin. If you want your share of victory repent of your sins right now and ask Jesus for his forgiveness and righteousness and he will forgive you. He will call you holy and righteous. That's our prophecy. That's our good news. That's our constant hope that the virgin has conceived, that the son has been born, and now he is king of kings and has made you and I royal priesthood. We no longer have to fight the battle. It's already been won. Will you receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Or will you do like King Ahaz, and depend upon your own cleverness. Depend upon the world's political system. Jesus Christ has defeated what you're going through is only for a season. Revelations 21 and 4 says, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no longer Grief and crying and pain will no longer exist because the previous things have passed away. That's what we're hoping for. That's what we know. You're in the middle of something right now. But it's only temporary. Remember, Emmanuel, God is with us. And it is our only hope today he will come again to bring us jesus is coming back again to bring us an eternity where sin death grief and pain will be no more praise god if you have not received jesus christ as your personal lord and savior Pray this prayer with me right now. Say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I have done many things that don't please you. I have lived my life for myself only. I'm sorry and I repent. I ask you to forgive me. I believe that you died on the cross for me. To save me, you did what I could not do for myself. I come to you now and ask you to take control of my life. I give it to you from this day forward. Help me to live every day in a way that pleases you. If you prayed that simple prayer with me, please call me at 231 349 so we can discuss with you. The first steps of salvation.